Welcome to Moving Upstream Without a Paddle, the podcast that helps develop a mindset for success. I'm your host, Dr. Garrett Goggins, but most people call me Dr. G. Now, I've dedicated my life to helping others understand that if you have the proper mindset, you can propel yourself up that proverbial stream with no paddle needed. Now, if you're constantly feeling like you're going against the flow, but you're never happy with your results, it's really time to flip your mindset. If that's something that you're ready to do, you've come to the right place. Now let's get to it. Okay, we are live. So this is take two with the interview with Wendy Bartlett from Speak With Wonder. Um, we had such a great interview last time, and the audio was kind of messed up. We might be having some audio problems this time, but we're gonna we're gonna try it again because um, just the stuff that was said needs to be um, needs to be heard. I just firmly believe that. So um, s- glad that we could reschedule and redo this, Wendy, and we're gonna go through the same process. Just I'm gonna let you take center stage, and you um, just speak with whatever you are inspired to speak to and we'll go from there thanks so much dr garrett goggins thank you for having me again (laughs) (laughs) take two i mean maybe the second time's the charm maybe the third time will be who knows who knows it's fun i would do a dozen of these we should do one every week okay (laughs) why not Uh, so i'm wendy bartlett and i have a business called speak with wonder and i work a lot in the thinking space of business So a lot of what um, my background is, is working for larger Fortune 100 corporations. And when I was working in those roles, I was very lucky that I got to work in reporting. And I used to (laughs) be a big dork about it, too. I was always like, it's reporting fun for everyone. I tried to get everyone on board with doing their reports on time and they certainly hated that part of their job. (laughs) So it made it... An interesting challenge in in feeding a motivation to someone, uh, and and more importantly for me and how my career has evolved, it allowed me to see the way large corporations, you know, like AT and T and MetLife and 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 smaller organizations and nonprofits like an SPCA, it made me have a look see being in those boardrooms to be able to see how decisions are made. And so when I was in these boardrooms, I didn't often know exactly what they were doing, right? Some of these businesses had business models and products and services that were intangible. I jumped around between different industries when I changed jobs and careers. So there was always something new for me to learn. So when I would be in these boardrooms and they were asking me questions about the numbers on the reports, I would sit there and watch this conversation happen. And it was usually among a handful of uh, about a dozen or so people, right? Some boards had five people and some boards had 30, but around a dozen people would be sitting around having discussions and making decisions. And those decisions are what were used to move the business forward. They got over every hurdle that was in front of them. You can look at these corporations, they've been alive for a hundred years or more. They know how to survive. They know how to decide well. And even though I didn't always know exactly what they were talking about, 
I used to take copious notes on what I observed. And my background uh, from going to college and all that, my degree is in communications. So oftentimes when I was in the boardroom, I wouldn't understand what they were explaining per se, but I could get a sense of what question they were answering. So their contribution to the discussion, to the decision, was something that I backed off and wrote down, what is it that person feels like they need to answer for this group to hear to move them forward? There was a, there was a sense of getting unstuck from hearing what someone had to contribute. And so all of these questions that I wrote down, when Bob from marketing was saying something, I would write down, Bob from marketing is interested in what the consumers are gonna have to say about this feature, right? All of those questions I wrote down and I ended up with about 50,000 questions that wow. always work for boardrooms to get themselves unstuck, right? And after doing a further analysis on these questions, I found that there were definitely about 100 to 200 questions that come up consistently month after month, organization versus another organization, no matter where, no matter how, these are the questions that get people to a state of what I like to call unstuckedness. And so the, the value is that these inquiries allow the mind to enter new thinking space and have a new thought about it, right? Because when we're having a problem and we don't know what to do, we need to have first a thought so that we can have an action follow, right? So. So what I, I work in are questions that get people to a state of unstuckedness. And this allows people to have a different thinking and potentially a thinking process. Now, when we can get people's thinking into a process, we can improve it because we can only improve what we can repeat. So if we don't have repetition going on in the fundamental thinking process we're using, then we don't have a chance to improve it. We're just recreating something new from scratch every time. So what I like to do is work with solopreneurs because this information and these tactics work just as well for a huge corporation, multinational, 100,000 employees, as, as well as it works for one individual, that there's value in the repetition of the thinking and making small tweaks to find that improvement. So that's what Speak With Wonder does, is it guides people through new thinking. Right. And, and uh, you know, last time we talked, we talked about your game. And um, so, but this leads right right into it, right? Because that, this is what you do. And I, um, so I, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into your game. Because it, so um, in, in my history, as I was going through personal development and, and trying to figure out, you know, I own a web design company and I have, um, this, my mindset coaching through mentors and, and instructors and, and all those things, I would ask questions and they would say, well, you're not asking the right question. And I, well, okay, well, what is the right question? And so there, there's this thing. And so everything you were doing in your background, you were coming up with these questions, these right questions that can get you from, you know, like you said, being unstuck, this unstuckness that we all have in certain situations. Um, th those questions help you progress forward. And so I was fortunate enough to, to take your, 
to play your game we with the dice and we'll talk about that i'll let you talk about that in a second but i have to just preemptively state that what we did through that just and even still like i'm still wrapping my head around some of the things that we came up with because it, it got me so deep into you know wow this these need to be answered this needs to be answered and and the what what is it not can help me find what it is. So tell me about your game because it was so cool. It was so um, invigorating to just to get move forward in processes and things that I was trying to do. So t let's talk about your game real quick. All right. Thank you. I love talking about the game. I, I have some of them here with me. Here are some of my wonder dice. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the game works in several ways on several levels, okay? And the bottom line is the reason why I made this a game is because the more I work with people, the more I realize they know what they're doing above and beyond all else. They know how to run their business. They know how to serve their clients. Usually people are stuck when they come into new situations they haven't yet been in before. And so like you were saying, yeah, there's a value in knowing exactly which questions need to be asked and answered. So from my boardroom experience, I know that there's a hundred or two questions that typically come up in every single quarterly review, monthly review, weekly review, however often you do it, where you get to ask yourself who, what, where, when, why, how, right? Something is appreciated or loved, right? And and how people will respond to it and how how people will uh, move forward with it. And so a lot of what we do in the Wonder Dice game is we talk about ways to look at what you're working with and find out which ways are enjoyed and which ways are not enjoyed. Because what happens in the thinking process is we start assigning words. When we start assigning words to things, right, concepts in our mind, like a question, like I wonder what my people want. I wonder what will make my, uh, my clients happy, right? When we're asking those things, it is in an understanding space that we want to get to. And so behind the dice that I use, I always use understanding rocks. And understanding rocks is a simple way of making note of what something is, which I symbolize with a circle, right? Saying this is what's included in it. And when we define something for what it is, we simultaneously are deciding and defining what it's not. But the third level of understanding, right? Understanding something comes from also looking at how something changes, especially over time. So an understanding what you do and how it fits into a scenario or an output is important. And what Wonder Dice does is it guides people to look at and examine things that may not have made it on their radar before. And it does so in a playful way. And I use games and playfulness and energy and all this excitement and fun <laughs> on purpose. Right. On purpose. Because there's one thing that I do see that prohibits most people at any given point in time from thinking the right thought, and that is fear. Mm. 
when we are in a stressful state, right? Our amygdala mind takes over, cortisol is rushing through the body, our waistlines expand. We are in fight or flight. I'm stressed out. I've got to find a way to make new revenue. I've got to make money. I have a mortgage to pay. All of these things are stressors. And stressors don't allow us free thinking time space. Stressors put us into reactory time space. So what I do by playing a game with people is it puts them into a state of understanding some levity that can go on. When we get out of that stressful amygdala mind, we have an opportunity to then think forward through something. And the general way of play is how humans learn, right? When we look at the way a child would play with a toy truck or a toy doll, they crash it into things, they bang it on their head, they drop it, they drag it through a mud puddle, does the head come off, right? We do things with a toy that we would not normally do. And so when we put people's problems, right, opportunities into a game, it allows them to play with their problems. And in that playful mind space is where new thinking can occur. When we're in amygdala mind state, we're just thinking of how do I get air? How do I get water? How, how, how? And before we think of how, we need to think of what, right? So like when you and I were playing Wonder Dice, you had a, a common reaction, like a lot of people do. They go, this game is blowing my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I see that a lot. Right. <laughs> it, it's because you let it in. It's because you got to a playful time space with it, where you allow yourself the right mindset to be able to think new thoughts. And so getting away from the stress and the fear may not seem like something we need to do, but it's almost always an underlying element of stuckedness. Mm -hmm. So unstuckedness happens more when we're getting into, let me play with this. What can it do? What won't it do? What happens if I do this to it? What happens if I pop the head off? (laughs) (laughs) And so the playfulness of Wonder Dice allows people to play with their problems and see things they weren't able to see before. Right. Well, a very valid point that you were saying with that, even outside of the game, is that, you know, fear, you, you really are, like you said, when, we're, when you're in this fight or flight situation, how your brain is working, it, it doesn't allow you to be creative, right? And so that whole thought process that you're going through, it's, it's, in, it's just in the survival, like you said, a survival mode. So, th- you know, there's, there's different modes. It's just like if we're going to be talking about games here, you know, there's different t- game simulations, right? So there's survival mode, there's this mode, there's whatever mode. So what I loved about the game is that, um, and, you know, I'm already in, I, I confidently can say I have a pretty decent mindset to begin with. So okay. I've already, you know, learned how to get out of that, that survival mode and, and, and be into this creative process. And so, you know, luckily for me, when I played that game, I was already kind of on this, this plane with you. And, and I think that's when it really started blowing my mind because, you know, I was, when we played, I was trying to, to come up with, with a, with a, a game plan for something I have never done before in my life. So I really was stuck. I was like, I don't even know where to start my research. I don't know anything. And from, I think it was the first roll of the dice 
we, um, I had a list of just one role and I had this, a list of questions that needed to be answered. And after I was coming up with those questions and we were done with the game and we, I think we rolled like three times, maybe four times. And I, so I had all these questions, but then while I was answering those questions, more questions were coming up that I had to answer. And so it was really just going down and I don't want to, I mean, eventually I could see it maybe being a rabbit hole, but it wasn't a rabbit hole. It was just right. forward progression of going to my goal. And so it was really just this, that game. And I think why it just in the still, I, like I go back to it. It was definitely a catalyst <clears throat> yeah. to everything that I was missing. So that it, your, your term unstuck in this is just is dead on because I was no longer stuck and I'm not stuck any longer. Like I, I still need to, to play again, but I still have questions, these list of things that I'm still answering. So when I get stuck again, I'm obviously going to come back to the dice and say, okay, I'm stuck. Let's, let's roll some and let's, let's find some. What's new, the next, what's, right. What's the next step. So, um, but you know, you can't be there. You can't have this creative discussion, even in the game sense, if your, your mind is turned off and it's just worried about survival. Right. So it, that, yeah, it, that's amazing. And it's an amazing concept that the playfulness. So how you brought that in there, it really does transition somebody from that, that stressful point of view to like, Oh, this is kind of fun. And, and then you, you release that, you know, control of, of, uh, you just, you just let your mind be, you know, that control of your mind to focus on one thing and let it expand. So it was, it was an amazing process. I'm so glad. And I like the way you recognized very quickly on, right. Cause that's common for my, my people's experience that one question alone will lead to you seeing 12 different questions immediately that need to be answered too, right? And that's where people go, my mind is exploding. It's because they have the rush of thoughts, the rush of inquiries. And that comes from not just a curiosity, but curiosity unlocked and partnered with a sense of wonder. What might this do? What could I do with this, right? That sense of seeing how a future might play out. And a lot of what you work with in mindset is exactly that. It's getting yourself to see mentally what it is you're going to walk through and into and how it will feel and what the experience will be like so that you can extract well, if I'm going to go ahead and do these things, ooh, then I might as well back at the early stage, segue this part into it so I have that piece for the later end when I need to do a re repetition of this or a repeat. And the exploration that people can find in just working through some of our Wonder Dice questions, right? Like, how is something going to be celebrated? Celebration in and of itself is rooted in repetition. Mm -hmm. Repetition. Repetition is the actual time space for improvement. Anything else is recreating from scratch. And so when we're going into new ventures with our business, or we want to take an offline thing and put it online, or we want to get into a new service that we're developing or launch a new product, launch, right? Anything mm -hmm. that has to do with launch. Everything we do will benefit from a thorough examination of it. And we don't always have the right tools to say, what is it I need to be asking myself over and over again? And what are the new questions I need to add into the mix to make me see 
more clearly or more opportunity, right? Or more chances for me to have an effect because all of it comes down to our actions having an effect. But before we have those actions, we have to have the words. And before we have the words, we have to start with our thinking, mm. right? So the thinking here is about reprogramming yourself into the right mind space. And Wonder Dice just has a way of saying, this is what gets every boardroom unstuck. It gets every solopreneur unstuck. Here you go, like have a roll. And like you said, sometimes it's just one magic question that will feed the mind for a month or two or three. And when that's examined and exhausted, then you go, okay, now what's the next piece I'll be adding into this? Because there's a sequence that basically says for you to get and keep and maintain unstuckedness, it's not just one of these questions that you need. It's eventually all of them, right? right? You might need this one today, that one in two years, that one for five years down the road, this one is next week, right? So part of what I do with, with my services is I listen to what people have to say. And, and when I say I listen, I usually have two and a half to three hour long phone calls where people describe what their business is, what's going on with it, what's not going on with it, what they've tried, what they haven't tried. <clears throat> and being able to hear what they have to say about it allows me to tweeze from my little bag of tricks, oh, here's the wonder dice question you're gonna need, right? So some of what some of what we do with Wonder Dice is a, is a chance roll of the dice, and other times it's a specific targeted question that says, given your situation right now, start with this, right? right? Starting with that can branch you into all the ways to see something. Yeah, and there is so, and we talked about this in our first call too, and and it was an important thing, and I even when. when when I was playing the game with you, that you were very particular about how I worded things, um, and then and, and this came up in the last conversation. So I want to talk about this now too because you were like, "Well, don't say it this way because that means this." And so really, mm -hmm. and and in the last one, we were I was talking about how I didn't like the word "try" because it was to me it was an upfront excuse for failure. And you and this is we're going back to the game, right? We're saying, "No, yeah, you don't try; you play with it." You, you you play it you play it and and it, that that's a completely different because at least it's again it's it's an action that is not saying you know to me try is saying yeah i don't think i'm going to do it but i'll give it a good go but everybody wants right. to play and whether you lose the game or not you still had fun in the process and so I think it has just more of a positive flip to it so i love the fact that you are you're just so um specific with the words that you say and then even just just a few minutes ago you were talking about words and and how how what people are saying to themselves and and through that so talk to me about your thoughts and feelings on 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 words because you almost geek out on it to to a point that it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty funny but i mean but once you listen to the explanation once you give this explanation people will understand why it's such an important thing Thank you. Yes, um, I do get very persnickety about the words. We don't get them all right. Okay, we drive on parkways and, and park on driveways, right? This human right. society, right? Okay, we've got some things wrong in our head and it's not because we put them in incorrectly. It's because we accept and understand. Right? When we have understanding, 
understanding rocks. When we have understanding, there's a complacentness or a contentedness that comes with it that stops further exploration. And so when we're not questioning some of the most fundamental things we do and say, then we are traveling down the road that puts us on. And my classic way of explaining this is, is kind of how I share how I first started to lose 108 pounds. There's not one pound of those 108 pounds that I lost. Not one of those pounds was I like, where, where did that go? Right. Could I, did, I, did I put a bag of weight over here? Has anyone seen where my big butt went? That's not how it happened. It's not how it's weight loss, weight loss. And I still say weight loss ad nauseum. It's programmed. Right. Our minds are programmed. And so what I say with my persnicketiness about word choices is if you're going to try to change your weight, and most of us are trying to change our weight to make it go down, right? Right. Perhaps there's an opportunity there to see that we are not losing weight. So the effort that we're doing is not about losing. Losing is something that happens to keys. Where did (laughs) I put my keys, right? Right, right. We don't lose weight. We use it. Now, when I change my mindset from I need to lose weight to I need to use the weight I have, Weight became energy for me. Mm. So rather than feeling like I was trapped in a body that needed to drop or get rid of 108 pounds, I saw this as this is 108 pounds I get to carry around. Do you know how much energy it takes to carry around an extra 108 pounds? A lot. (laughs) So, So when I went to try to lose weight, right, try, lose, right? (laughs) Really what I was doing is I was taking this body I'm in and I started using it. The first thing I did was I got rid of the back of my chair. You notice I'm not even sitting in it now, right? Right, Here's here's the back of my chair. Oh, it's so comfortable. My abdomen can relax. Yay, I'm so comfortable. (sighs) (laughs) I sit on the edge of my chair. I sit upright. I'm using my core to engage what's holding me, right? So something as simple as use weight gives me a target in my mind for where are the uses. Where lose has to do with a forgetfulness or a a missing in the mind. And we don't, our bodies and and whatnot, they don't come with mind erasers. Those are shots you got to order at the bar. We don't get to go into our mind and say, put this one out, take, take that one away. Right. No. We get to substitute in. Everything has to do with programming mm-hmm. the mind. And so when we program our mind with the right words, like I'm going to use weight, then we have a chance of succeeding in what we actually want that number to do, right? We want the number on the scale to drop. We want the, the waist or the belt to go on tighter. Right. So part of the parsnickettiness came from seeing quite a different success rate for myself when I started to not only understand what is involved in nutrition and eating and and all of the information I needed to know, 
but also in reprogramming my mind to say, what am I going to use today, right? So when using the back of my chair and getting rid of that worked after a while, I needed to up my game into something else. So now it's also keep the feet off the floor. You ever sit in a chair and keep your feet off the floor for two hours straight? I have not done that. Nope. <laughs> You'll use energy. You'll use weight. See, weight is not lost. It's expelled. Mm. We exhale it. 99 some odd percent of weight that we get rid of off of our frame is exhaled on the breath because of the energy that we're using, right? And fat and, and weight is stored energy. Mm. It's not fat. It's not gross. It's available energy. So the people that I see, right, when some of my clients were losing 60 pounds or getting rid of 60 pounds off their frame, they were taking advantage of the frame that they had and using their weight to their advantage. Right. And that's where a lot of people said, you're just different from everyone else I ever talked with. And I said, well, that's, that's I work in change management. I'm not a nutritionist. You should see one if you're trying to lose a lot of weight. But I just work in change management and it changes the programming of the mind when we have the right words. So yeah, I do get very persnickety on that word choice stuff. But you know, it's, it's, and you were talking about it in 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 weight expulsion, not weight loss, right. weight expulsion. We'll go there. I'll try to go with the right words. But I read a book um, in in my journey um, called "What to Say When You Talk When You Talk to Yourself" by Dr. Shad Helmstetter, and and that's when the the word choices were very um, were, were brought to my attention. And how you talk to yourself. So it's not just with with weight management or, or whatever. It's with everything that we do. And people don't realize that we say things that have such a negative connotation. So I hate reading. Well, no, you, you may not read often, but I said that. And then I started reading. I'm like, reading is not so bad. So my mind shift, when I started telling myself that reading wasn't so bad, that's all I do now is just read. But people are saying things to themselves, and, and I get on my kids about this all the time, you know, I, I, I suck at math. No, you don't. You just don't want to do it. That's the, let, let's be honest with ourselves. It's not, it's not a suck thing, because if you actually been the energy, you would be okay with math. Because I, again, used to say the same thing when I was a kid. But how we talk to ourselves and then it gets to the point where we start limiting our self image because, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to speak in public. Well, how do you know? Have you ever done it? No. Well then how do you know you don't like to speak in public? Right. It's a, it's a, it's, we're going back to the fear aspect somewhere or another in your history. There was a fear that was put into your mind that is saying, and you're you are making up, ex, you know, excuses to, or not excuses, but reason reasonings to justify your feelings. But anybody can be a public speaker. Anybody can love to read. Anybody can, you know, do weight management. It's just what how how are you speaking to yourself to make you feel like you can instead of you can't. So the words were really important there. And I actually do this interesting, so I do affirmations where I write out my goals all the time. And if I have a financial goal, I don't know a lot of people, I was first saying, you know, I want to make, well, I don't make money, I earn money. So I started utilizing the term earn and everything changed. My whole attitude towards what was going on changed because making is something that, you know, 
it's, it's just not the the activity that happens with with that earning is. So then you're going out and actually earning, doing the right actions to get the right results. So I love that. Exactly. The words are they're just so important. So I may not be persi- as per I can't even say the word persnickety as you are, but I do understand the importance. I think a lot of people need really to kind of research that and and start focusing more on what they are saying and what that actually means. I think that there will be a lot of changes in people's lives. I needed to take a time out to give a quick shout out to my friends and sponsor, Tabala Cuisine. If you're a local to the Colorado Springs area, I would strongly suggest to go to their website at tabalacuisine.com, find out their next location, and rush over to put your taste buds in a state of bliss. The food is amazing. And truly, there really is no better way to prepare yourself for flipping your mindset than to get into a positive space with good friends and good food. So go see my good friends Jasper Axelrad and the crew at Tabala Cuisine today. You'll be happy that you did. Yes, I love your example of public speaking. I mean, that was my major in college, public speaking. And part of the reason why I got into it is because it was what made me different. Everyone else was terrified of it. Uh, They had a bad experience with it. They marked that in their mind as, well, public speaking didn't go well for me, and I don't like it, right? So they, they, they got turned off from it from one experience. Well, you know, fast forward years in life, right? From when you're 20, in your 20s or teens to when you're 50-something, you get many more experiences from which to choose which way you think and feel about it. And, and that's another part that I get into is, is our language traps us, right? It says that we think a certain way or we feel a certain way. I, I, just, I just have a human response. I think and feel at the same time. Right. <laughs> it's right. our words that split those apart, right? So when you go into a public speaking scenario, what I like to remind everyone that's one experience. What does the next one give you? What's the next one, right? And that's the playfulness part that, that comes in because every moment of every day, in a way, is kind of like play. You and I have never been to this December 8th, 2020 yet before. Time is a funny thing. We've never been to this time space before. What does this time space give us? What this time space gives us is what we are prepared to receive and what we're seeking. And so it's kind of like the deer and the road, right? When, when it comes to public speaking, people say I'm terrified of it. And now public speaking is always linked with terrify. Right. That's no good. When you're driving down the road, did you ever, you have deer where you live? Yeah. Did you ever hit a deer with your car? No. I know a lot of people have accidentally run over a rabbit or something horrible, right? When you're the passenger in the car or driving, right, and you're driving down the road, when you see a deer, the worst thing you can do is focus on the deer. Yet that's usually what the passenger yells out. Look out, deer! (laughs) What deer, right? You're looking at the deer. And when you're driving a car, you steer where you're looking by default. So instead of saying deer, 
the best thing to yell to someone is road. <laughs> it's the road we want you to watch. We want you to watch where you're going and where you want to be. The mind does not understand things like not. The mind doesn't understand. I'm not fat. I'm not this. Let me get rid of that. Let me just stop this thought. You're trying to stop an invasive thought. The, the success in stopping a negative thought is when we recognize there must be a replacement thought that comes into it, right? So there is not this, let me not do that. It's not an avoidance. It's a steer towards, mm -hmm. right? So there's a lot of replacement word choices that can swap out easily when you identify, I was steering into the deer. Oh, my road is over here. My road may be that I need to do public speaking 12 times before I have a good experience with it. And if you're mindful about it, you can write down, well, next time I'm going to stand up straighter. The time after that, I'm going to tell a joke better. The time after that, I'm going to prepare more, more wisely. Right? So there's a different improvement that happens in each iteration or repetition of it. Improvement only happens in that repetition, and minds only get straightened out when we have the replacement thought, not the one we're trying to banish. Right. And that was, that was this is another point that we had talked about in, in our last conversation, is replacement and repetition, So and how important they are in a lot of things. And so I tell my, my clients a lot of, you know, I have I have a program and there's certain lessons within the program. And in lesson two, we talk, we we focus on um, becoming self-aware and looking at the results that you're getting and then saying, w are they serving me or are they not serving me? And then when we figure out the ones that aren't, we, we you really become saying, recognizing, oh, this I'm doing this. This is what's producing that result. And then we go into the thought process, which we've been talking about saying, okay, well, what is the thought that gets you, you know, you really have to backtrack it and say, oh, now I'm thinking what is going to take me down that road to get me to this action that's going to produce this result that I don't want. So that's then they start fo not focusing, but recognizing these thoughts. And then, you know, in, in the lesson, we talk about that we're given this insanely huge power and I, I call our superpower of choice. So when you recognize that thought, now you have a choice. Do I continue with that thought or do I replace that thought? And so um, in the lesson, we, we understand that, you know, these actions that, that are producing the results that you don't like, they're habitual. And so now that you, you're recognizing this, what do you have to do with the habit? How do you replace the habit? You, you replace the habit. Well, then how do you make a new habit? By repetition. So we have this replacement and repetition. So now you're, you're aware of the thoughts that you're doing. You're making the choice to change those thoughts to something more positive or more conducive to whatever is going to direct you to your goal. And the more you do that, that starts to become the habit and that replaces the old one. And so now you're, you're, you're back. Now you're where you want to be, but there's a little process that happens there. And then it's, it is the awareness. It's the recognition. There's the um, replacement and the repetitiveness. And so we, that's, it's huge in, in every aspect. Right. So I love that you brought that up. It is. It's, it's kind of like, um, okay, I'm going to pick on Disney 
because everyone is so so excited to share this concept of let it go. Let it go. Let it go is akin to having a treasure map, but you only have half of it. And it's not the half with the X of where the treasure is. That's what let it go is. It's on the treasure map, yes. <laughs> but the part that has the treasure <laughs> is where the X is. And let it go is not on that half of the page. The page that has the X of where the treasure is, is put this in. It has to do with a this and that. When we want to let something go, it means I don't want it near me. I want this to be away from me. We want it to be, take this thing that I can't stop thinking, right? And make it that thing over there that I'm no longer doing. Right. And and so the, the, the Disney song, Let It Go, right? is great for recognizing what it is. And it needs that second half of the treasure map page where the X is that says, when I stop obsessing about this, <laughs> I'm going to replace it with this thing. What is my this? There is always a this in our minds. And making something this and making something that is a good replacement swap. And the iterative process does make all the difference in the world. I think about my clients who said to me, years ago, I want to retire young. <laughs> young? What is young to you? Because young to me is like six. So they're not even working yet. <laughs> what kind of goal are you going to get if you right? What kind of outcome are you going to have if you want to retire at a state which is not available? And that becomes very different when someone says, I want to retire by 50. Or someone says, I'm going to retire by 40. Right? right? What are these two different people going to do? Right? This one wants to retire by, wants to retire by 50 and will retire by 40. Completely different outcomes. Similar retirement. Let's put an end to the work zone. Right? So they, they could be seen as very similar. But those two people are going to have vastly different outcomes because of those persnickety little word choices. So just because we lock in on one word choice doesn't mean it's going to eventually or doesn't mean it's going to always be that. Right. It means that we have to continually improve what we think about our own thinking. Right. And the process of thinking with a repetitive process allows people to improve their own thinking. So when they look at something, they may do a pro and con list or write out all the options here and pick the best one. And they're doing decision making. When we're deciding what those mantras are that we're feeding our head, it helps that we can go through an iterative process that says I'm going to tweak just one little part of it for right now. And when I get my hands around that, I'll move on to the next. Because while you're getting your hands around something, while you're trying to get it, right, that's called play. And so a lot of us enter our work day. Think about it. We even call it a work day. It's, is it work if we've never done it before? Or is it play? Right? A lot of what we do at work seems like work. And if I have, you know, stock the supplies in the closet, then I can stock the supplies. Maybe that's a little bit like work. But if you're creating something like a marketing plan, a strategic plan, I'm creating uh, content for my 
for my Facebook group or whatever it is we're creating. The creation has never been done yet before. There is play involved, whether we admit it or not. Right. And so that mindset that allows us to correctly understand how our minds have been fed words and how those words play out, right? There's a whole field on this neuro-linguistic programming. And you don't have to get really far down the wormhole of neuro-linguistic programming to see the benefits of what happens when I change my words to I want to lose weight to I'm going to use my weight. Right. right? Very different outcomes of the day. Yeah. Definitely. And that I'm, we're going to get close to time here. And like, I, I like to do my, my pod deck cards cause they're fun. This playtime, right? Um, it's play. I love this part. It is play, but I, I just wrapping up, I think, you know, I think I'm going to really just entitle this something about the word, the word play, because it's, it's an important aspect. And I, I think that really has been our topic of the day. I mean, roundabout is we really discussed what are you saying and what is the outcome from what you're saying and what's the difference? So that, like you were saying, the guy says, I want to retire at 50. He could, I mean, it could happen, but it, right. that is definitely a, maybe, maybe it's an option. Happen, maybe it won't. The other one is I will. And that's very definitive. It's I'm, that's going to happen. And that really gets you going in trying to find out the ways to make that happen instead of just having something that's so open-ended. Right. So I like, I love that analogy that you said it was, it was perfect. So, um, thank you for that. I am going to, we, I got kind of sidetracked here before we got started. So I didn't get the cards ready, but I got them now. All right. So I'm gonna do the shuffle three cards. You ready for this? I'm ready. This is fun. <clears throat> All right, so this one is a fun one. It's not very serious. Have you ever worn clothing with the labels and tags still attached? Oh, oh, you mean like the price tag? Yes, yes. I probably have, but it's not something very memorable for me. But I did see a woman once at work. And she still had the magnetic, uh, like, alarm thing on her suit. <laughs> right. And, and she had paid for it, I'm sure, and whatever. They just forgot to take the little thingy off, right? And you can't take them off without, you know, destroying ink or, or whatever else. In her case, what happened was she got that tag of the back of her skirt caught up in her pantyhose when she used the ladies' room. And so she came out of the ladies' room and walked all the way to the conference room with her skirt tucked in her pantyhose. And and I just remember that day being very, like, impactful on me, like, check your clothes, check your tags, <laughs> check, right. So I That's have never... Been, uh, I have a good never, reminder. I have never personally done it. On, I mean, purposefully done that. Like I've never worn something with a tag knowing that I was going to return it or whatever. I've never done that, but I have. Right. And I do this, I do this quite, quite regularly. If I buy a new pair of jeans or whatever, you know, they have that little long sticker on the leg that says what <laughs> size they are. And I will 
I will go and rip off all those things, but there inevitably will be one of those little things that I did not see, and I'll go out in public, and someone will tell me, hey, you got that on your pants. And so that happens a lot. It's almost embarrassingly embarrassing how much that actually does happen. But I'm sure I'm going to walk into a lot more of that as I age more because, like, I'll tell you, you know, I take my glasses off. I can't even see what color I'm wearing, you know, <laughs> something as small as a, as a tag. It'd be like, I can't see it, you know, is it even there? Right. All right. Question number two, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh. Well, okay. The guilty part is difficult because I don't find a lot of value in guilty thinking. So I kind of banish that from my mind around 1994. Um, but I would say that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you really just have the best, nah, because I spent a lot of time in the hammock. Oh. I spent a lot of time staring at clouds and watching clouds, <laughs> watching a breeze blow palm trees, right? And they just make this rustling noise and the hammock has this cute little, nice little sway to it. And it settles out and makes everything still. So for me, if I have, you know, an extra two minutes on my hands, or if I have an extra two hours in my hands, chances are I'm running outside to the hammock. Yeah. Well, I like your little, because when you look at clouds and you post this a lot in your Facebook group, you're looking at clouds or I, what I really like is when you do the video of the trees and the winds blowing through With the, them. Right? With the... It's so relaxing. I sit there and I'm like, why am I so drawn to this? It's just a, it's a video of trees with wind blowing through. But it, it definitely does just kind of draw you in. You're like, oh, that's nice. I wish I was right. I'm there. so glad you like those. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'll I keep doing those and I'll, I'll keep doing some more of those. I don't always take my phone or camera with me when I'm in the hammock. But it certainly is fun to watch different palm trees and different trees rustle, right? Certain palm trees have longer fronds to it. So, you know, when you look at a quintessential hammock, it's important to make sure you're under the right type of palm tree because without those longer fronds, you don't hear those those whistling sounds. Right. It's, it's missing, right? And to me, part of it is the audible experience of saying, oh, the rustling of those palm fronds. Right. And then, so... <laughs> In Colorado, uh, I mean, we have aspens, we have trees with nice leaves that do that. But when you get in and you go camping, most of what you have are pines or some type of evergreen tree. But it has its own sound. It really does. And and now that you're saying that, I can I can vividly remember my boys were in, in scouts, so we would go camping a lot and going to those things. And that was, you could, when the wind picked up, that is a very vivid, audible sound that or rememberable sound that um, I can right now just, just hear it. So it's, it's a very relaxing thing. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I love that you post those things. All right, this is, this is an awkward one and I don't even know the answer to this. So would you rather be covered in bees or covered in spiders? I wanna say, I wanna say neither, please. Um. I have definitely had spiders crawl across me before, and I've had bees crawl across me before. And I'm I'm gonna go with bees here because 
the spiders are too squishy, right? If, if I move, a bee can survive <laughs> that and, and get away. And, and there's like more of a structure to them where like picture a daddy long leg, leg, like the legs break off. If you just barely touch them, you try to scoot them and save them. You know, I want to save spiders, save bees. I've been stung by a bee before, but I've also known tons of bees to claw, crawl all over me and they don't, they don't bite or sting. Um, when I'm laying in the hammock, I got, there's on the date palms, right? There's thousands of bees, thousands of them up there. And sometimes they'll come down and just walk around because they're curious or I'll put a drop of water down to help them get some water. And they will come and crawl around and they feel kind of interesting. Whereas a spider has more of that, like to me, I don't know, maybe I'm not running across big enough spiders, but they're all too delicate and would squish and die. And I wouldn't want that. Whereas so this, bees, I think, have a fighting chance to get off of me. This is what I like about you is that most people when they answer this question, they answer it of what scares me the most, right? Which one oh. do I have a bigger fear? And your fear is which one will I harm? I want them Will to I be hurt? Like yeah, well, if you ever ripped the leg off a spider by accident, it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, when I was a kid, I was a boy. I, I did it all the time just, just to do it. But um, <laughs> so I... I um I have a hard time answering that one because I, I I do go more on on the fear towards myself spot. So my dad was highly allergic to bees, and I have no idea if I'm allergic to them or not. So I really would rather not have a bee sting me, and try to. Find oh me. yeah, no, um, no, you can't risk that. So I in that aspect right there, I would I would prefer the spider. I yeah, guess. I don't think uh, a lot of spiders bite either. I mean, they can. I've had spider bites. They itch a lot crazier, but they're not as bad as a bee sting. And if you're allergic, yeah, you just steer clear. Yeah, I don't even know if I, I could see I where that would make you go to that. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether I am or not, I have no idea, but I don't want to find out. I really, that's just doesn't sound like a good time for me. So. Well, Wendy, that is it. That's all I have time for um, for today. Thank you so much for joining us again. And if you want to do this weekly, we can set up something weekly. I, I just I love talking to you. It's just always I love talking with you, too. I wonder if people out there are liking us, too, if they could chime in and say what they found valuable or what they like about it. Maybe we need to tell more jokes. I don't know, but uh I'd like to know what people think. You know how I am about how people think. Yeah, I, I am, and and we should maybe we should tell some more jokes because I, I I attended a live that you did on Facebook where you were, you have some interesting stuff going on there. Like let's tell a bad joke or let's do this, and you do bring the yes. fun into it, and so I, I I think that's what's lacking. Maybe that's why people don't like my podcast so much is that it's only fun when you're on it. <laughs> uh. All right, so here's a here's a quick joke for you then. Right? Okay. How come the Tyrannosaurus Rex can't clap? I don't know why. They're dead, Garrett. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good one. That is a good one. I like it. They're bad. Do I have any good jokes? I can't think of anything right now. People will chime them in because I got people in my group feeding me jokes now, too, because I was like, hey, tell me a joke that you have. And they did. They have great jokes. They have great jokes. What did the fish say when it swam into the wall? Fish can't talk. Oh, that's see. Now you're using the thinking. Right. It was it was damn. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn. damn. They hit the <laughs> I got it. Got it. 
Got it. Those are good. This is strange. Like I'm on the spot. I usually have really good dad jokes and I can't think of most of my jokes. They're long. Like I have stories and they take forever. Nice. To tell. Yes. Then definitely come in my group and tell me fun, long joke stories. I love those. Okay. I will do that. I will do that. And yeah, nice. people who watch this on the replay or um, there's always places where you can comment, comment and tell us what you like, what you don't like, what we're good. And definitely share it to people if you find value in this. Cause there's, I mean, that's why I like talking to you, Wendy, is because there's always some sort of value, right? There's you have such great knowledge about mindset pieces and, and other aspects. So the weight loss aspect, that was beautiful, right? How many people would actually think about the weight loss as to using your weight, right? To use it, right? Use it. So weight, that's use, not loss, right? Use that's it. Gold. That is gold right there. So I'm 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 always happy to have you on. So whenever you want to come, you just say, hey, let's do something, and we'll do it because uh, it's, it's all right. When I time. think of a new thought, I'll bring it to you. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds good. And with that, do you have anything, just another little golden nugget that you want to leave the listeners out there? I always let people just do some final little whatever. I would say that we didn't even get into the music part, but I have to mention music. Music is a magical way to get repetition, to program your mind. And so I teach, right, in my go lives, you're like, you do all these weird things. I teach paradiddles, right, and have music and dance and things like that involved because music is a way to program your mind. So if you need to get a hold on something in your mind, put it to music because whatever your question is, music is the answer. Love it. That's good. That's great. Okay. Well, Wendy, until next time, again, thank you so much for being here, and we will do this again real soon. Thank you, Dr. Garrett Goggins. I appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you found value in this episode, the best thing you could do is to please subscribe, rate, or review this podcast. If you'd like to further investigate how you can flip your mindset, feel free to contact me through my website at www.garrettgoggins.com. I can't wait to catch you on the next episode.